What's poppin' and welcome to Popcorn with Cholo Sadiara and your stop for all things pop where we talk about all things pop culture from here in the Philippines to the rest of the globe. And welcome to our final episode for the year. What a year it has been or has not been. I'm not too sure what the correct answer to that is. But we will be recapping the best of 2021 in TV and film in this episode. But before we begin, of course, let's welcome back our co-hosts for this episode. Unayin natin yung mga matagal na natin hindi nakita, batiin natin. Welcome from the Gupan. From the Gupan talaga. Welcome, Jason Tanliwag. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Also from New York City. Wow. So about <laughs> Danny is back. Welcome Go, Danny. <laughs> Our correspondent from the United States. Let's <laughs> go. Of course, speaking of correspondents, we have our Twitter verified news yeah. correspondent. Burns, welcome back. Hello, hello. <laughs> and of course, we have Emil, the Despacito master. <laughs> 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 okay, I actually I like I like that more than than like your usual spiel. Yeah, so good. We'll we'll take that from here on. So if you haven't, uh, if you don't know why we're calling Emil the Despacito Master, go ahead and listen to our previous episode where you will find out why Emil is a master of Despacito and its people. <laughs> and of course, we have Paula. Welcome back to the show. Hi. <laughs> And um yeah, here we are at the end of the year. Um yun. I guess let's just do a quick what the hell has this year been for us uh before we head on to our main I know. I mean definitely for me let's just go roundabout on like um what this year has been in general, what you feel <laughs> were highlights if you can call it that or like low light i'm not too sure but um parang i guess for me it's been pretty muddled coming from parang the continuation from 2020 parang 2021 doesn't really have a shape of its own for me parang it's just been like that continuation what is time it's it's moving but it's not we're here but we're also outside but not really so parang it's just really been a lot of that so I guess when it comes to what we're going to be talking about later in terms of TV and movies, it has the pacing has been a bit different than in terms of what you can watch, what you can even access, especially since, um, you know, in the US, nagsimula na magbukas. And even other countries prior to the Philippines opening cinemas have been having access more than us. All those factors. And, you know, it's just been a weird, I guess, limbo year. As a continue as, as a season two to 2020, so that's 2021 for me. Um, I parang walang mga super you know like last year we can really talk about like the super major things that happened. 2021 doesn't really feel that way, except I guess for Philippine stuff, you know, like the demon spawn steaming together and all that. But you know, that's another story and another movie. Hopefully, not a musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone else? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's really oh, hard to. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's really hard to characterize 2021 because we've all just really been stuck at home still. So there's really not a lot of like action going around. Um, I guess just for me personally, the highlight is really getting into a sport for like the first yes. time in, in how long, and that feeling of having a community 
with you, um, watching it live and reacting to it live. That's definitely something that I've missed. And while um, watching sports, in this case, Formula One online, isn't the same as like, let's say, going to a UAAP game and watching a basketball or volleyball game like with all of your um, classmates and stuff, there is still that feeling of community that I've sorely missed um, because of the lockdown. So for me, having that thing... The plot twist of the year. Yeah, the plot (laughs) twist of the year, both the sport itself, that final race was crazy, and um, the act of being in this community is... it's a really big plot twist and one that I'm very happy to have and will continue to have um, moving forward. Hopefully live na rin. Yes! That's the goal, to go to, to Singapore. to that, it's really an- another thing Paula has dragged me into that I'm grateful <laughs> for. <laughs> so, let's go. Uh, Denny was saying something also. Yeah, I was, <clears throat> I was just saying uh, 2021, to speak to both your points, kind of feels like a hangover from like the worst night of my life. Uh, which is 2020, you know, like not like awful, but it's just like 2021 feels inevitably destined as 2020, like part two, the sequel, expansion pack, what have you, in the, say the, in the way that they're connected and you can't understand this year without understanding the last year. But that, with that being said, I mean, some nice things happened this Sorry, year. Sorry, to add to that, it's like Taylor Swift's sister albums, Folklore and Evermore. Evermore has been <laughs> erased by Taylor Swift. Much like 2021 versus 2020. So anyway, go back to your point. I actually really like that metaphor because I cannot remember a single song from Evermore. Oh. Uh, just I remember songs from folklore, but like That's Evermore nice. is like. Uh, but yeah, some nice things from this year. You know, I start. I personally, I started a newsletter, trying to be less, uh, less like theory, like less everything I write has to be good and just kind of you know this decade is about embracing our own infallibility uh on a personal and like societal level i also moved so that's another yeah then he got away from hell so congrats it's great like once you <laughs> once i see all the instagram stories or in, the instagram from people back home and it's like they're experiencing it like when every the first few days when everything seems once again beautiful and messy and new actually i kind of agree with what Danny said now yeah, it was a pretty bad. Like 2020 was pretty bad, but you, things have gotten better. Like the way I see it, 2021 is like a trek up a mountain again. Because 2020 was just everything just felt downhill. But like everything felt downhill, and yeah, we just picked ourselves up, kept going. We a lot of us are. I don't know we got our vaccines this year. Uh, more people are going gradually going out. Uh, uh, PSA is a reminder for everyone to get their booster shots if you're able na. Uh, and yun nga, like personally for me I feel like I'm moving better like I feel lo- a lot better than I do this year than I was last year and now I'm able to see how much I've grown the past two years like in the like the, even this year alone na, and dami kong nagawa and there's so much to reflect on and you know, voila, even as bad as things still are, you have to be hopeful parin, for like what what happened. Like because the moment you lose hope, na. So especially for next year, gotta carry a lot of hope because next year is gonna be gonna be a make or break for all of us. 
in the words of an icon, there's always gonna be another mountain. <laughs> We're always gonna <laughs> wanna make it move. <laughs> always gonna be an uphill battle. <laughs> Sometimes you're just gonna have to lose. <laughs> oh, oh, not this one, please. Not this one. <laughs> And Sorry, Miley Cyrus for clear fair, skin. Fair, fair naman. Fair, uh, I mean, r- review of the year, uh, Emil. Um, I mean, it, it's still a bad year, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, I mean, I agree with Prince that, like, globally, while things are still, I, I wouldn't say things are good, things definitely have gotten better, at least in terms of how people can protect themselves against the virus, et cetera, et cetera. Protocols are in place. So some businesses are able to, you know, bounce back on their feet. Um, on a personal level, though, it's, it's not like, I, I'm not like super sad about it anymore. Um, and it's not like, it, I can talk about it, man. But I feel like this year was worse off for me in the sense that this was, I mean, 2020, I guess we just kind of got off lucky, but this year was the year that I lost people to COVID. Um, but despite that, you know, it's this weird sort of timing thing. Things have gotten better, but just so happens that it finally caught up to the people I know. Um, but I, I do know that the year also had like on a personal level again, like successes. I, I spent half of the, of the year reviewing for my grad school exams, which I passed, um, and then immediately just burnt out right after. <laughs> so, so I feel like my year has been defined by that, by reviewing and then like literally having no more brain cells left. Um, yeah, but since in this episode we're talking about like movies and TV, this is also the year I think when uh, film and TV sort of bounced back as well. And we finally started getting these long delayed releases as well as like just a whole bunch of other stuff. Like it feels like there's so much more good stuff this year than last year. And to me, that's not nothing. Like that's still, that, that sort of gives me a reason to keep chugging along. So yeah. More How about you, Jace? add to our list, right? Yeah. <laughs> Never ending. I'm fine. I think that, I think that maganda yung pag-describe niyo, ano na, it, it feels like a weirdly static transitional year, in my opinion. Parang, to a certain extent, like I'm very worried for next year. Like I'm really worried for next year for a lot of reasons. But like I feel like it's just um, you know, your final boss battle. Parang and, and this feels like the cutscene before that, you know, and and that that's what it feels like to me at least. Um, okay, na I feel like the first half of the year personally was like really great, but then like the second half of the year was like oh, um. But that's okay, I think. Um, I think that it's, yeah, I think that it's more about the last 100 meters in this, like, I guess, weird, very lengthy marathon that we're, we're running. Um, and I'm just, I'm just very scared for next year. Yeah. But, you know, like, we're here to talk about pop culture. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a great, like, imagery of like 2020 as the first movie 2021 as the K-Lang sequel and whatever finale it's setting up for 2022 that you know people are kind of 
worried about but also like excited to see so but that's for next year um <laughs> we'll head muna to our 2021 in review um you were gonna say something else Pajis, before we move on what sorry you were gonna say something else Paba? no i'm good yeah i'm fine <laughs> okay so ayan nga, i mean it's been a really odd year in general but as usual we do have our pop culture um, rundown of our favorite things we've seen this year. And as usual, um, we're six people on here. We have not been able to see everything, but we've tried to do whatever we could to try and watch whatever we felt was right at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, that would be varied or not so varied, I guess, in this group of people. Um, but in terms of music of 2021, uh, do listen to our previous episode, which we talked about kind of like a recap of our year in music and Despacito from 2017. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's where you can find our thoughts on 2021's music. But on this episode, of course, we'll be having our TV and uh, movies uh, rundown for the year. Let's start with our TV um, rundowns. Um, I guess I'll start. Um, so just for me, like so much Marvel TV and it was a good thing after like two years of just having no Marvel at all, which was also a good thing because, you know, it was getting to a point where... We did that it's break. Like, yeah, parang, okay, parang we need to breathe for a bit. And then when they did, um, when they did press on the, I know, the go button, they just never stop and we're headed to even more um, Marvel TV and movie territory. Um, WandaVision was this great period to start the year off and really to excite everyone into this new venture in like um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I would say everything else that followed after, uh, we do have some episodes on, I think, WandaVision and Loki Nagloki batayo, we did right, and Falcon yeah, we and did. Winter Soldier. We did, and also yeah. Falcon. Those yeah, we did three, Falcon. yeah, we didn't get to cover so much. Yung what if? What if? And mm-hmm. um, I mean, ongoing is Hawkeye, which is also pretty great. I would say for it's a fun Christmas watch. It's a really like diehard, fun actiony yeah. comedy mm-hmm. thing, um, with really great, you know, chemistry between um Clint and also Kate. So. Yeah. That's a, I mean, Marvel TV has just been like, you know, something to look forward to. Um, and, you know, it can get, I guess, to a general public lang. There's just going to be like so much more to want to watch if you're like trying to keep up with the whole universe altogether. But Marvel TV was just like a great like addition to the year for sure. Na parang, you know, every Wednesday you'd watch out for the episode and the, the good pacing na every week episodes also really helped. So, yeah. yeah, anything else to add for Marvel TV? I mean, WandaVision to me, I think, was the best out of all of the television shows that Marvel has produced this year on a personal opinion. Yeah. Um, but in general, I what I have missed with Marvel, like I mentioned earlier, is that sense of community. It was just fun to know that every week, I would be chatting with a group of friends about the latest episode and it felt somewhat like life was back to normal and you know the biggest difference is instead of just us talking about it in person it was just online so that's great it's just nice again having that feeling of of people just watching the same things you are 
but not without the ano of spoilers on Twitter because people just can't stop themselves, right? Even yeah. now, especially with the dawn of Spider-Man No Way Home, or as I'd want to call it now, Spoiler-Man, No Way to Avoid Me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's another thing. We've always discussed about spoilers in on the show, <laughs> diba? Parang we're like, oh, the beauty of Endgame where everyone was just like disciplined enough to not talk about it, but somehow just threw it out the window as they left that cinema after um, Endgame in 2019. So... Uh, any other thoughts on Marvel TV? I mean, I'm I know Emil is on a Disney diet, uh, has been diet. on a Disney diet for a while. <laughs> I mean, what I mean, it's pretty you know, lang, cool that Marvel is now gonna take over television. Again. Like, nga, like what Cholo said, na there's so much now, like people who love Marvel and want to enter into this fandom, there's so much to see. Like, and daming, there's so much to enjoy. And yun nga, like, th- in this year alone, we had, what? WandaVision, Falcon, Loki, What If, and now Hawkeye. Five different series to enjoy. Na, even if you're an, a non-Marvel fan, my God, you, your plate is stacked. So, nakatawa. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, ano pa, like, we get to individually see these characters excel even more like we got to see how good uh, uh how much better tom hilton is uh catherine han is amazing who and, is getting her own show and getting her own show so you know and see you know, so should like get jennifer coolidge to be like another actress on that oh show. my god oh my god i would die why not diba? <laughs> and you know, and these shows are opening up so much and damning spin-off from these movies. And bukod pa sa sequel, there's gonna be an, Ag- an Agatha show, an Echo show, a season two of What If might play a part into the actual... The, the bigger, season, yeah. The bigger picture, yeah. So, wala. So, the creative minds in Marvel are really hard at work and we get to enjoy it again. So, it's fun. It's fun to think about. It, it feels like, you know how there are so many comic books that you have to like catch yeah, up on yeah, sometimes. It yeah. feels like that now with the cinematic universe, which can be super overwhelming if you're not yeah. like a massive fan of, of, the, sh- of the, the world. But if you are a huge fan, it's, it's great for you because you never, you really never run out of content. I guess my concern is ish lang. Parang, I guess if you're someone who just watches movies and not too much the TV shows, and aside from like googling stuff, like how how are they gonna transition towards introducing like oh a fully realized uh Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, or like a Captain America Falcon? Na parang, that's gonna feel weird, I feel, to casual viewers who are kind of just like jumping into it through movies. So parang, that's something interesting to see how it will pan out. Because we've already seen some movie characters jump into TV shows. Yeah. So that's an, a different ano naman, a different side of the story. And same with uh, Monica Rambeau as she appears mm-hmm. and Miss yeah. Marvel as they appear in ano, yeah, yeah. the Marvels, right? So the interconnectivity, just there's just more homework to do for people. And I'm not too sure because most generally are like, okay, we're caught up, but like I'm not too sure about 
other people kung like um I guess it's just a tail end to this Marvel discussion like you know in Endgame na parang what's happening who are all these yeah, people yeah. Infinity War that alone already 10 years worth so like parang transitioning transitioning to that from TV and, and connecting those are I feel like something that they'll have to ease into mm-hmm. and in terms of introducing these parang fully fleshed more more so na characters yun lang ang <laughs> dami na na um, anyway so that's the Marvel segment um, a lot of Marvel TV and um, uh, another great thing I loved from this year is only murders in the building and I know Paula also really likes this I think kami yung mga early adopters here or I think Paula was the one who actually was like hey watch I this I did yeah yeah so <laughs> Yeah, that was a highlight. I really, if you're into like, um, if you're into true crime podcasts, true crime podcasts, um, or just like comedy mystery who done it, um, narratives. This does it pretty well. And if you love, like, I really personally love Serial, the podcast from like popular podcast from 2016. So that was felt fit in right into that um space. Wanna add to that, Paula? Um, I mean, I, I personally love murder mysteries. If you're that type of person, this is definitely a show to watch. It's not too heavy as well, because there are definitely shows that have come out that I know are very good, but I've like refrained from watching because it makes me feel a little too sad or, or too down, um, despite it being really good. Only Murders in the Building is definitely not that. You can watch it and have like a grand old time. And that's something that's very important to me about media. Um, and honestly, if you're not a fan of Selena Gomez, this show might surprise you because she has a pretty good performance. She's fun to watch and she has good um, um, chemistry with um, the two other like really great comedians here so the two martins um, yeah the two martins so you know I, I i loved it i loved it so much and i'm so glad that a lot of people did too yeah if you're ready come and get it yeah <laughs> <Or something>. <laughs> <laughs> i mean people should give selena gomez more credit to be honest like why 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 so much flack on Honestly, selena gomez she's, she's great <laughs> and her music is pretty good like you you can say all you want about like uh, just parang going off tangent into music parang nawala na kasi yung alam mo yun um singer i think this is a discussion i'm not sure if we had this but like it's all about been all about the singer songwriter and people just forgot about like kind of like the produ- production by other people or writing by other people which i think deserves some love still and I, those are a lot of bops that Selena has given us over the years so uh, completely off tangent again but back to TV um, uh, White Lotus is something I really enjoyed from this year na parang, it's just like I guess coming from a Konyo adjacent <laughs> parang <laughs> environment seeing that into working into play into that environment and like you know just seeing the drama and comedy unfolding from all these rich white people just generally gentrifying uh an island essentially it's just like really really good drama and jennifer coolidge again um i i know if jeremiah was here he'd be raving all over um jennifer coolidge and white lotus um and 
I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it would be nice to have like a Filipino version, I would say. Onion, the parang, the movie. I was in <laughs> I was in Balasin the other day. I was like, this is a white lotus-esque thing that you can make a show out of because you know it's just very interesting. And I feel like you can adapt that into a Philippine uh rich people society setting as well. Um anyway. Um, continuing on my list, uh, Doctor Who Flux. I've been talking about this again and again. It's season 13 of Doctor Who uh, with the 13th Doctor. And um, it's just been a really great season, six episodes. And um, just a great fina- final season for Jodie Whittaker, I would say. And like, um, I guess in terms of Doctor Who lore, because parang what more can you do with the Doctor Who lore? It kind of dives deeper into what else they can do in the future um, as the 13th Doctor departs the TARDIS. So that's pretty interesting where they're going to head with the last three specials of um, 13th Doctor and also um, heading into the 14th Doctor and the 60th year of um, Doctor Who. Or 55th, but I don't even know anymore. 60th na yata. 60th is next. Um, that's the next big... Doctor Who anniversary special uh, with the return of Russell T. Davies who yes! was the showrunner from 2005 to 2010. So it's going to be interesting how they're going to head into that um, territory. And I just I just love Doctor Who. I, this reminded me so much of why I loved it in the first place. So much um, this season, a lot of Weeping Angels, Daleks, Ooh. Cybermen, Zygon. No, there's no Zygons. Um, there were um Sontarans, everything. There was a lot of um if you if you're just into that, um watch Doctor Who period. <laughs> um ano pa ba? Um Ted Lasso, great find for the year for sure. Um if you just needed like a great uh, a GV thing to watch, it's just like a lot of like good vibes and just like you know. Smiles from ear to ear, I would say. Um, I know a lot of people on this um, episode love Ted Lasso. Anything you want to add on that? Um, Ted Lasso is my best show for for the year. I I love it so much. I I don't think any show has brought me like. It's not even just happiness because Ted Lasso has made me cry like in several episodes, especially in the latest season. But it was it felt like going to therapy. That's that's what I felt with with Ted Lasso. Um, it made me really look into my own emotions as the characters were looking into theirs. And it, it was a very wonderful and yeah, therapeutic journey that I'm, I'm glad is on television. And I'm glad that it's getting as much um, buzz and acclaim to it because I think it, it definitely deserves it. And we need more Jason Sudeikis in our lives generally. So I'm just very happy about that. I'll, I'll echo the Ted Lasso thing because... I mean, especially by season two, it it is a show about therapy because of the new uh, the the team therapist who comes in. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also, I mean, it's not just about her approach to these these football players. It's I, I feel like this season s- starts to sort of challenge how Ted Lasso himself um, tries to coach his his team, yeah. and it sort of contrasts that between let's say um, what Beard and what. Um, uh, the rest of his coaching staff are trying to do as well. Um, and I like that it doesn't, I mean, without spoiling, but it doesn't exactly turn out well for everybody this yeah. season, especially uh-huh. one character who will not be named that everyone <laughs> hates now. 
um, yes. where why all the, ter- all the like, good actor, yeah, exactly, but all like the good advice he was being given completely mm-hmm. backfired. And I, th- I think it's a really interesting character to put in a show that has become about therapy. Yeah. So, yeah, I enjoy it as well. Bouncing off of that, it, it's a good way to show that hurt people really hurt people, <laughs> yes. and it's it's not you know through any like genuine fault of just him. It's really just a compounding experience mm. of of his life. Um, and there's another character who's the complete like opposite of that journey, and it it was just wonderful um, to see all around. I love Ted Lasso. We should do an episode on Ted Lasso. Maybe we should. <laughs> okay. If you if you guys do one, I will binge watch it all. I will. I feel like you genuinely. I mean, it's about football it. also. Yeah. So. Watch football. So. Well, time, time, hang it, time, hang it, time. Okay. okay. <laughs> the only <laughs> FC I watch is Richmond FC. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, I guess just some honorable mentions before we head on to the other people. Um, I really like the K drama. Nevertheless, we had a whole episode about it also. And if you're Marupok, you should watch it because you will feel hurt and just see yourself in the mirror. Um, I also liked Invincible from Amazon. Um, really fun um, superhero show and Steven Yeun period and also like Sandra Oh and everyone in that show just a yes a yes as we would say uh, it's not really yasified but it's yeah it's a yes <laughs> um, and then Girl from Nowhere um, I didn't watch the whole seasons but like Nano is such a great character and it's just fun to watch when you need something like Parang wala lang a popcorn show about revenge and like parang how people can get. It's a great study on society and I guess since parang Thai society is very similar to Philippine society in a sense that we're Southeast Asians, the topics that they cover are pretty like some somewhat relatable on some level and the actress Kitty just does really well. Her laugh is just like iconic and you should watch at least one episode of Girl From Nowhere. It's on Netflix. So those are my shows for the year. Um, everything else has been the same thing, like new episodes of RuPaul and all that. Demon Slayer is something I started getting into this year also. Amazing. I will talk about that later. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, great year, great year naman um, of what I've seen so far. Um, next person, Burns. See Mine will be quick because, I, I, again, I'm not a big series person. I only watch TV like in between, in between movies like while, while I was waiting for a new movie to pop up. So one of, the, one of the decisions I made was I would go back to the Arrowverse because back in high school, I really watched it a lot. Even in college, I watched it a lot. And you know, just to go back to these favorite superheroes that I used to love, like uh, I missed, I missed that talaga Grant Gustin's Barry Allen. Still hate Iris. Still, still hate her. <laughs> still hate Same. her. But you know, and I got to see uh, Melissa do her last season as Supergirl. Uh, John Carr was still pretty good as a as a Lex Luthor. I have to say, uh, pretty. I kind of enjoyed him. And you know, also interesting to see how Batwoman would continue navigating without Ruby Rose, which gave uh, Rachel Carson more time to rise because she, wow, she's so good. Like. As a, someone who's read uh, some Batman comics, you, Alice is not really a big ca- ano, character. Like she's 
very like she's barely talked about but then the writers give uh write her up and Rachel just she keeps me every time but naamis ako like the way she just stares at you she doesn't blink she hardly blinks she really leans into the madness of her character and it's so ano nakaliw and i don't blame na why that, that batwoman is well it's pretty much a batman story pero what can you do it really is like the season 3 is all about batman memorabilia trying to re- recollect them all so wala but you know i'll hope na cuz right now all the arrowverse shows are in a mid a mid season break won't come back until january so especially they did uh, have like a crossover ish right on the flash the flash yeah like so like four straight episodes na medyo crossover siya so yun nga a soft be, crossover yeah it's a, <laughs> that's how the creators talaga talked about it's not really a crossover episode but like this is how we'll start the flash though so interesting to see how they will i don't know how they will continue that next year and you know, i'm i'm pretty surprised na legends of tomorrow still finds somehow to make a story keep going and going and going wala and wala it's just pure fun like you have all these major serious na shows but then you have legends of tomorrow we're just having fun as they time travel well in this case they're not time traveling because of issues but yun nga And apart from the Arrowverse, I also decided to go back into DC's Titans, which honestly I think season three isn't that bad because it it adapts three really good Batman comics: uh, No Man's Land, Under the Hood, and Death in the Family. So all of them great uh, comics from the Batman, and pretty good to see that Titans isn't so gritty like they try not not trying to act so mature anymore. And so, try to let loose a bit, and you know, it'll it'll be hopefully it's a sign of where this HBO Max series can go from here. Yeah, uh, hopefully Cyborg might come in. I don't know. I have because I I didn't I don't watch Doom Patrol. Guess eh. Uh, what else? And is it the same know, universe as Doom Patrol? I yeah, it is eh. Because in Crisis, Raven ended up ata in the mansion. And then you know, now Doom Patrol is happening on its own. Tama Emil? Is it right? Do you watch Doom Patrol, ba? I don't, but I just know that during the previous crossover, like they they just sort of spliced in footage from like all the yeah, other they, DC shows. So yeah. it's assumed that everything is technically yeah. in the same universe. Like even Star Girl and is still an a part of the universe, which I also haven't seen. Max would be the person to ask about it. And then, like so, the only show that I really binged watch every week is Survivor because I'll talk about it every week which is, <laughs> my god for 20, end of 2020 to the starting of 2021 binge watched 30, 40 seasons of Survivor that's amazing but you know, having said that now I'm watching it as it goes you get I get to appreciate now even more the gameplay and now they realize how much how the year before was pre- pretty hectic like they acknowledge it the inter- the one on one interviews is very personal like almost every episode there's a segment where you see the backstory of the contestant they they show photos of what they went through they tell their stories of how 2020 was for them okay it made a big deal na they're talking about the black people who made it to the final to the final what i 
how many were they? Final eight. Yun. They were making a plans of let's let's go all all the way an all black all black final four. How historic that would be. Then this was inga. I mentioned before this is the most diverse cast. Fifty percent of them were POC. There was at least two gay people in the in the in the roster. We have a Filipino in the final five, which is amazing, and she has an inga. She has an outside chance of of winning it, depending on how the final episode will turn out. Which what's the name of the season? Ngayon? It's base. It's just season forty-one. That's a, in, there's no nickname. It's just forty-one. Oh, wala siyang mga... Wala, wala siyang fancy. Hot yeah. and cold. <laughs> yeah, wala. Survivor <laughs> hot and cold. <laughs> yung ano daw ni... Yung reasoning daw ni Jeff, who's like, who looks great for like a 50-plus year old, who hasn't aged, almost hasn't aged. It's ano daw, 41, drop the 4, it's a 1, because everything has changed. And in a way, everything has changed. Like, this is still a sort of a fresh ano nga, reboot of... No, like, you're trying to ease people back into the Survivor ano, competition. I'm pretty. I'm. I like it. Like, it's fun. Like, have as someone who's watched six months worth of Survivor, you know, <laughs> I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying it. And I guess the last thing I'll talk about is the, I guess just so that counting on Netflix is, I watched Money Heist. <laughs> I finished it, and you know, I was kind of happy you know, how it ended. Like, more of like this was a global phenomenon that brought everyone mm. together. The like original way, Squid Game. The original Squid Game, like in a way, this sort of paved the way for Squid Game to erupt uh-huh. globally. Like almost the same way how Roma in, influenced uh, Parasite to uh, be embraced. Parang ganon yung dating niya. So inga and inga. Uh, it's not like sobrang exciting like Money Heist. Like it's obviously panning to what the fans want to hear with that get that exact kind of thrill. Uh, Hunting uh, thrill, ganon ganon. But and you know, the reasoning, uh, oh, yeah, because the stock market will will drop, ganon ganon. Like, ganon. Anyway, I enjoyed Money Heist. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad, I guess, to see it end because a lot of people says it's their favorite show, and I don't blame them. But yeah, you know, Money Heist made a lot of. It really helped Netflix a lot, like go even higher. Like apart from. Their old shows like uh, House of Cards and then The Crown right now, and seeing now how Squid Game is doing, na they got two, three, they got three nominations at the Golden Globes. Controversial as they are, it's pretty. That's a pretty big, ano. And you have big, people uh, like ano, you have people like Leonardo DiCaprio asking for selfies from the Money yeah. Heist cast. Yeah, that see? just means. I mean, so Squid Game, pala not Money Heist, but wow. yeah, I mean that's that's a. Um, Small shout out to Money Heist, because money. I keep on saying Money Heist, na, 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 but like to Squid Game rather because you know it's been it's rare to have a shared phenomenon where everyone just jumps yeah. on it, and at the time it was Halloween almost, and everyone was just like yeah. either um a Squid Game contestant or like the girl, the robot girl, or like <laughs> one of the army people, um. I'm not sure what you call this, but like the soldiers inside. Um, but yeah, parang to see that kind of rare phenomenon that we don't, we haven't had since Money Heist, I guess, mm-hmm. um, in 2019. Walang ganun ng 2020 because obviously the phenomenon we had was Miss Rona. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a nice uh, show to watch then. Personally, it was really fun to watch Squid Game as well. 
Um, any Squid Game uh, adjacent thoughts here? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Same. I haven't Same seen man. it. I didn't but watch it. I was actually looking at. I was looking at. Really, it. no one has watched it here. Oh, I watched it. Sorry. Okay, I'll talk about it. Like really quick. I just. I think that it's. I think that it's one of those things. Now, whether you like it or not, you understand why it has mass appeal. Uh huh. You get the thing. Like. Okay. It's like, like a popification of K drama uh-huh. on a global <laughs> level. Yeah, but I also think that like with all of the criticism and everything, I think that Squid Game actually manages most successfully to elicit like a very real emotional response from a lot of people, you know. Um and and I hope personally like even if it's like I wouldn't include it in like my top five or whatever. Um I do think that it sort of achieves something that I don't think is um and I don't think is always possible, which is to be like to drive forward this sort of conversation that mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of things usually just disappear after they they're like screened. Right? But apparently this is something that immediately after it was released, like even until now, people are still talking about it, you know. And that to me is like very, very difficult to accomplish now in an age where everything is so instant and so the turnover rate is yeah. so fast. Yeah. So I um more than anything, I think that's like an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Props to them. For sure. I mean, you know, as Jay said, it's impossible to replicate that. Nobody can like really like um predict such as much as Netflix would say, this is our next big thing and it just flops, right? So Squid Game just came out of nowhere. Um and you know, it it's something that shared for a lot of the masses and you know sans the sans the american reporters asking lee jong jay na parang how has it been going out have people been recognizing you and stuff like that parang this guy is actually one of the top korean actors it's just like you know white the white the whites <laughs> period actually it's also just very incompetent reporters honestly uh-huh. like if you're just competent at your job you could kind of do better <laughs> so ayun. like i just i've been recently watching hot ones and um, the hot, hot wings ones. thing and the interviewer there is sean evans is so great at what he does and parang, i don't think i don't think people do that like i don't th- think people yeah. are invested as much in obviously that's very different those are very different settings but i don't think people do their research enough it's more the clickbaity reporters who just like go surface level, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, um. Wanna continue, Jay? Since you have uh, ano naman? Yeah. Continue. Um. Actually, like for me, very interesting this year. Well, I love Squid Game. Like I, I recommended it immediately to my sisters. But um, I the one that I actually want to recommend to people, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about as much, is actually Hellbound, which is also from South Korea, I think. Um, and it's I don't from know the makers of, I know, right? Like, Train to of Busan. Train to Busan. Uh-oh. And while I think that on a CGI level, it's not a Marvel film, do you get what I mean? I do think that what it kind of unpacks and unearths is super, super interesting. Um, I think May rides recently of like, religious critiques 
Uh-huh. Um, I know someone is going to talk about like films about religion later, but then Midnight Mass and Hellbound like really tackle like the machinations of yung religious structure and how it can also be a source of good, but at the same time it can also be a source of like terrible, terrible evil. And I think that that's it's it's really, really, really interesting and really well acted. Would you believe that the guy in Alive, like that horror movie? Um, is one of the leads in Hellbound. So, parang, oh. yeah. Like the lead guy of cool. Alive? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Of hashtag Alive? <laughs> yeah, of hashtag Alive. Um, yeah, hashtag I don't know. still a thing in 2024? <laughs> I think so. Hashtag No Way Home. Yeah. Um, but then, <laughs> apart from like Hellbound, I don't know if other people have watched Hellbound. Have people watched Hellbound? I, I would recommend it. I had watched the first Tapos episode. Number I saw six episodes. Is that yeah? It? It's six episodes. Now. Oh. Uh, um. The other one I wanted to recommend was Mythic Quest, which I feel like no one is talking about. Um. Second season dropped this year, and tawang tawa ako dun sa 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 episodes. I I haven't watched a lot of the other things on your list. Um. But then, um. I really love Mythic Quest because it kind of explores like a, a a space that I'm not usually like very exposed to. So like video game, video game culture and everything, I'm not really exposed to that as much. And I think that it's really funny. It's really inventive. It's actually, what, 20, 30 minutes long per episode for like six episodes and everything. So sobrang for me, like, sulit siya as a person, a fan of like, short films more than a long a lot of long form content. Um I, I like Mythic Quest. I also like WandaVision. Just putting it out there. Like I, I like WandaVision a lot. Um you last two Kosiguro. Um just I just want to breeze through my list because I feel like the others have more interesting stuff to talk about. Um scenes from a marriage I actually liked. Um I know that it will suffer a lot from comparison to the original I think Berg, Bergman, right? Bergman Bergman um, work um, but I think that on a sheer performance level um, sobrang interesting and sobrang nakapuhaw in like first two episodes and then it just gets like worse and worse and worse and you kind of just try to figure out like almost why you watched it it's actually it's actually more torturous to watch than Squid Game um, kasi sa Squid Game sure kang may mananalo and go may mananalo um, sa Scenes of a Marriage lahat sila talo um, and I, I I feel I feel like that's a very bleak re- reflection of life um, the episodes specifically start initially with like uh, a shot of like them in the set during pandemic and then it transitions to like Hindi pandemic and it's this perfectly contained world again, and it's it's just an interesting way to reintroduce audiences into the ah what you're seeing is like a spectacle. It's not necessarily real, but you're still feeling these conflicted emotions. Na parang I'm very affected by this. Parang you know, um, the last one I put is also can be considered a film. It's actually on the job, um, which is in my opinion it works better as a TV series, which is why I put it as a TV series. Um, the one on HBO um, Asia is obviously a cut between um, the first on the job, which has additional scenes um, with Piero Pascual, with Joel Torre, with um, I forgot I forgot the other leads' names. Um, and then the other half is composed of yeah, like, yeah. the new 
Oh, uh, <laughs> so Gerald pala. And then the other half is obviously the Venice um, Volpe Cup winning like segment. Um, and for me, the interesting part is how it almost feels in the same way like um, Hellbound. It's like two narratives that are connected thematically rather than like narratively per se. Parang ganun. Um, and and I and I like it. I actually really like it. I know that those won't make it to a lot of other people's lists, but I feel like all of them are sort of ambitious for in very different reasons for very different reasons. And for me, that's why I just wanted to mention. My question is: for someone who's already seen the On the Job movie, is it yeah. worth rewatching the series cut the first two episodes, the right? in uh-huh. the six? Is it an eight-parter, six-parter? I think six, six-parter. Six six-parter. So four yung bago, dalawa yung from the old. Yeah. Right. For me, yes. Kasi mas maganda ko yung flow. Like, honestly, like, mukha talaga siyang two-part TV series. Yung first oh. two episodes. Like, oh, parang, oh, oh. But you didn't really that. mind that you've seen it before with the way it's done now? No, no. Kasi I watched it when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> so, imagine so, how long has that been? <laughs> yeah. It, I'm not that old, Cholo. Pero well, I mean, like, you. even oh, for no. me, like, parang, wow, that's yeah, it, that long, so long ago. ago no? Yeah, it was, I think, 2013. 2013? Yeah. Wow. 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 I know. Amazing. Anyway, I'm going now. No, I'm kidding. Going now. <laughs> <laughs> no but, but I, I like, I like the first two episodes. You can skip it, honestly. Um, Pero for me, it was very helpful to also immerse myself in a very different way doon sa first episode. And how, parang, what's the time jump between it just happens within it the world? Happens, it happens almost immediately, but it's a different location. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so ang nangyayari, it seems like a different story. But it's kind of, ano yun, yung Rube, Rube Goldberg machine ba yun? Yung parang, may, basta yung parang domino, tapos parang magta-tip-tip-tip. And like, you're in a completely different space, but it's tipping the same dominoes. Parang ganun yung feeling. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's on my list, definitely. But yeah, <laughs> everything is on my list at this Yeah, point. try it out. But like, if it doesn't work for you, within, like the first I mean, episodes, Yeah, I was like, waiting for it to end. Because it yeah. was happening like weekly then at that yeah, uh, time. Yeah. So I was waiting for like the complete thing so I can just binge it. Anyway, uh, anything else, Jace? Oh, wala lang. Yung on the job, just going back to it, it was just really nice to see, like, Filipino actors, like, have good material <laughs> to, to like, really sink their acting into. Like, I like that aspect to it. Um, If you notice, like, all of my, all of my lists are usually very, um, I don't know, parang weird, weird places na acting driven. Um, yeah, so yeah, maybe maybe that's just me. All right, Emil. Oh God. Um. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll try and make it fast. Also, uh, I I actually I feel like I haven't seen everything I want to watch yet, and the the year is winding down. Now, but and, and the, there's of a our life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and yeah, it's, it's impossible to watch like everything really. So it's good that there's like a well-rounded sort of set of shows that we're talking about. Um, but the ones I'll mention, uh, there there were a lot of. I mean, this happens every year, but there were. I think specifically this year, there were a lot of really great, like short 
British comedy dramas that came out. Like, uh, I mean, we already know this from shows like Fleabag or, uh, I mean, sorry, you, though that's a little longer, that somehow in the UK, they just really know how to write short seasons with short episodes that are really, really good. Um, uh, like, if, just to run down through a list of them, uh, This Way Up with Ashling B, um, It's a Sin, which is about the, the AIDS epidemic, um, which is like five episodes. Um, uh, Starstruck, which is a romantic comedy about a meet-cute between a woman and a famous celebrity, which is really good. Um, the, the, the ones that are my favorites, though, are uh, there's a the second season of this show called Back to Life, which a lot of people compare to, to Fleabag. It's about a woman who comes home to her small town after, she's, after she served time in jail for murder. And it's her sort of trying to adjust back to, to life. That's that's where the title comes from, uh, but uh, and it sounds dark and it and it is, but it also manages to be weirdly funny in like a small town like by the sea kind of way. Uh, and then the other uh, short British comedy drama that I really like is on Netflix. It's called Feel Good. Um, the second season, second and final season, yata uh, came out this year. Um, it's about a, a relationship between a stand-up comedian and then. Uh, this woman that she meets uh, at at one of her gigs, but it also becomes about uh, mental health and how a relationship can become an uh, can become an, an addiction to someone else as well. So I thought it was really insightful in that sense. Um, a lot of uh, mini series came out as well. I still haven't seen a bunch of them, like Midnight Mass. I haven't seen Made with Margaret Qualley, um, which I really want to. Uh, Mayor of East Town was really good. The one that really stands out to me, though, is The Underground Railroad, which is from Barry Jenkins. Um, incredibly hard to watch. Uh, I, I can usually binge a lot of stuff if I want to. And this one, I really had to like face myself and watch like an episode a day. Um, of course, it's about uh, slavery in the Deep South, but it's also a fictionalized take. So instead of, instead of The Underground Railroad being like a network of safe houses for slaves to escape to, uh, the show, which is based on the novel, imagines an actual underground train ferrying people from one state to another. Um, and it's it's a really weird, like it's the weirdest thing that Barry Jenkins has done, but it's like the quality of it is really cinematic. Um, but again, I'm just trying to race through this. My, my two like favorite shows of the year, uh, on the comedy side, there's a show called The Other Two, uh, which had its second season this year. Uh, it's so like this is like the funniest I've the most I've laughed watching a comedy since Veep maybe, um, and it's about uh, two thirty-something siblings whose younger Justin Bieber-esque brother <laughs> becomes really famous. Um, like he he has like a viral sensation, he has a viral hit on YouTube, and then he becomes famous. But the twist here is that the younger brother is actually really well-adjusted and a nice guy. And it's the older siblings who are like completely opportunistic and like just sink deeper and deeper into just uh, selfishness, trying to uh, use the other two. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> using his fame to their uh, benefit. And I think it's it's so funny. Um, Isn't like season two like about their mom be- getting famous also? <laughs> the, yeah, the, the mom becomes a talk show host, like a morning <laughs> show host, and they also start to piggyback off that. Um, and they fail obviously miserably, but that's where the comedy comes from. Um, but yeah, like the but for me, like undisputably, I feel like the best show of the year that I've seen, which just wrapped, is Succession. Um, and this is coming from someone who I'm not even like a massive like 
stand of succession. Like I I wasn't really sold in the first season. And it only took like up to season two. Exactly, Paula. It takes a while. It's like shit. Still haven't where, finished. Yeah, yeah. Um but this is I think HBO, by, right? Yeah. It, it is, yeah. By season two, like the show really sort of figures out what it wants to be and what it wants to do. And by season three, it's really just firing in all cylinders. If you want to see like I saw a tweet saying something like, oh, the ca- these actors on Succession are acting, acting. <laughs> and it's true. Like, they're like, it, I, I don't remember the last time I saw like a quote-unquote prestige drama uh, really sort of earning that title because just on, on every level, I feel like it's it's really extremely well-crafted and in, in, in a way that doesn't really rely on... Um, on like any anything too shocking aside from like lots of profanity like if you if you think of game of thrones there was a lot of um backlash on the fact that it relied on violence um like graphic violence and different kinds of graphic violence um even breaking bad at some point uh is you know it has that whole action thriller aspect to it and succession is really just about a bunch of kids who were verbally and physically abused by their dad and now they're working with him in the same company and I would say that that's really more of the pitch of succession than, oh, it's about rich people managing a business. Because I think the show makes it clear that it doesn't care about that as much as it cares about how these characters are really, really damaged. So I really enjoy watching them suffer <laughs> because they're all <laughs> horrible people. Um, and that's where the appeal comes from, like weirdly in a paradoxical way. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's talking, like everyone on at least my feed is talking about succession. So if you haven't yet, if you can yeah. get through the is first it a, season, it's a short like, series. No, it right? is not. It's not. It's, it's not. very long. Each episode is like an hour long. Telega. Um, it's ten oh episodes. Per season. I'm really Nine having seasons. a difficult time. It it takes a while. Like I it, I really yeah. wasn't like a fan of it at first, and then stuff happens, and it's like okay, you're in it for life. I'm but watching yeah. it for Nicholas Braun mostly. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. he's like seven feet tall, <laughs> <laughs> and he's really cute. So yes, exactly. Yes. I yeah. love him. Anyway, okay, so that is my list. Yay. All right, Benny. All right, I will zip through it really fast. Uh, Preamble, what my list shares is they're both comedies and they're both about people with massive personalities who don't know where to put them. Uh, I, like Paula, I've been looking for like, for movies, my movies are about people who find joy for TV shows, it's really just about people. Like, it's basically the TV show equivalent of like smoking pure grade cocaine. Not that I know how that is like, I don't, <laughs> but like, it's how I imagine it's like. So, my two shows are uh, Girls Five Eva and uh, I Think You Should Leave. Uh, Girls Five Eva is maybe one of my favorite comedy performances, so supporting comedy performances in a while with Renee Goldsberry as the uh, embodiment of like an extremely talented but extremely diva-esque artist who owns an invisible piano she calls Ghislaine just to give you an idea of what the show's humor is like it's very 30 rock uh, and it's fantastic the music is very fun it's about four people who used to be part of like a girl group in the 90s with a one-hit wonder deciding to reunite now that they're like 40 year old women who are looking for a purpose in life it also has uh, Sarah Bareilles, uh, Busy Phillips uh, Paula Pell and occasional appearances from some of the members of the Mean Girls, the musical cast. So Ooh. excellent, extremely Denny Corey show. I uh, highly recommend. <laughs> My other one is I think you make a shirt that says Denny Corey. 
Rashford. Uh there uh the other one is I think you should leave. Um I don't know if it's as Okay, big I'm going to leave. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't Go know ahead. if it's as big a phenomenon in the Philippines as it is uh in like my Twitter feed, but uh it's becoming sort of this thing where if you're in I think you should leave you're in it for life. Uh and the people who appreciate the show and kind of it's either you're on your wavelength if you're on its wavelength or you're not and if you're on its wavelength you kind of learn a different language in which in the case where you like when you understand like in jokes from the show cuz it's a sketch comedy show uh about the theme is about people who make an awkward situation even worse by doubling down <laughs> so like the the very first skit is someone he pushes on a pull door i know he pulls a push door and instead of just admitting his mistake he pulls it off the hinge <laughs> so that's the kind of humor of this is on netflix it. right This is on Netflix. It's Tim Robinson, right? Tim Robinson. It's okay. amazing. I love amazing. him. There's a, right. there's just there's a whole skit about people a website that sells pants just in case you don't want to admit that you accidentally got your pants wet in the bathroom like you dropped <laughs> some water on in the sink. So just think like it's the most brain dead head empty show but it's also super brilliant. Yeah, those are my show recs. <laughs> And I guess to wrap up this TV segment is Paula <laughs> All right, so all of my shows are well, except for one, I guess. Like they're generally super babao, but like they're shows that have made me super happy. They're out the, throughout twenty twenty one, so I love them. So the first is Midnight Mass, and I think it's a show that hasn't gotten enough hype, um, because it's such a. I, I mean, I've talked about this in a previous episode. Um, the way that it talks about religion, specifically Catholicism, really hits home as someone who is in a very um. devout catholic family in a devout catholic country um and i think that every pseudo catholic or you know someone who pretends to act catholic um needs to watch the show and really see who they are in some of these characters because it's not a pretty picture really who you are as as people of faith um and the way that it plays out in the horror aspect as well as someone who's not a fan of horror um it's something that i can easily digest and it's not like too out of my comfort zone for me not to enjoy. I I really absolutely love it and it's my favorite of the director's works. Um the second one and we're delving into the really kababawan is Miracle, Miracle Workers. I've only started watching the show in 2021 but it's so good. Um an anthology comedy series with Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi. I mean what more could you ask for with a a more like absurd plot every season that it gets. It's not like the best comedy anthology series I've ever watched but it's definitely something fun and um, palatable for, for everyone I guess um, in terms of animation I'm really really happy um, with Bad Batch um, as someone who wasn't super into I mean I, I watched Clone Wars and I've watched a little bit of Rebels um, but the animation of Bad Batch is beyond beautiful um, and the stories of the characters um, are great it's mostly voiced by one man because they're all clones of each other so it's grabe the voice acting in in bad batch it's just awesome to create like all of these different personalities of characters who are eventually stemming from one gene it's it's great um and you know it it relates to the entirety of the star wars universe itself in a really beautiful not nakakasawa way which is important um And then in, in anime, I'll talk about Demon Slayer um, in another part of the show. But um, I also want to 
um, hype up way of the house husband. It's such a quick watch. It's like barely five minutes an episode. Um, and the animation style is, it's like stellomatics. Um, so it's like, it's really seeing the manga come to life, the way that the manga itself is drawn. The, it's just basically colored and it moves just a little bit. Um, but it, it relays the comedy of, of the manga really, really well. And honestly, everybody should be like, the the house husband or the husband in this in the series is very supportive of their spouse and willing to do um whatever it takes to to make sure that they're living a comfortable and happy life and support their dreams yeah and it's a really short show right mga 10 minutes lang or something. five minutes nga lang minsan yung ibang yeah. episodes so it's so fun um I, I had a good like belly laugh in a lot of these episodes so that's always great um yung live action have you seen that I tried, but it's not as funny as just the animation. I think there's something humorous talaga in the way that the character is drawn versus if someone is acting it out. Eh. There's there's that beauty of animation talaga. Right, right. Um, yeah, this is super kababawan. And it's, I don't know if it's a niche enjoyment, but I love the iCarly 2021. As someone who was a huge fan of the TV series growing up, it's a really, really good way to reintroduce the character to the audience now as adults because she's facing adult problems and not in a super forced way. It's all just very natural. Freddie has gone through like two divorces and this moved back in with his mom and now has a stepdaughter to take care of. Carly hasn't figured out her life and is regressing to the person that she was when she was a teenager. And who can't relate to that, especially in this pandemic, right? Hell, it's the reason why I'm watching the show in the first place. <laughs> it's because I have somewhat regressed to high school me. And <laughs> I, I'm having a great time at that, honestly. I'm just embracing the things that I, I loved uh, growing up. And iCarly 2021 is, is a good way of doing that. And last but not least, because it's what got me into the sport in the first place, Drive to Survive, um, the Formula One documentary series on Netflix. It's bound to have a fantastic season four based on how this um, 2021 uh, race season came about. Um, So good. Right? So if you are just even curious about the sport, because it's a very fascinating sport in and of itself, um, and want to understand a little bit more about it, it's definitely a good place to start. The drivers are super charismatic and hot if that matters to people I'm sure it matters to a lot of people it's a, it good, it's a good hook but once you're hooked you're hooked it's how I got Cholo exactly. into it I just linked him like a bunch of the drivers like look how hot they are and then when he watched it he was like oh the show the sport itself is, is, is great so and you'd so, expect yeah. me would you expect me of all people to get into this sport right yeah Exactly. It's how I hooked a lot of people into it. But generally, like even outside of the attractive drivers, like <laughs> it's just a really, really interesting sport. It's like a real life sports anime, as Paula would say. It is. It is like a sports anime because although there are like intense rivalries and really toxic fandom, but that's every sport no man. Um the drivers themselves, like they're very friendly with each other. They Except siguro the top two rivals. But, you know, everyone else is genuinely, like, super friendly with each other. And it, it's just a great thing to watch. And you never run out of content after you watch Drive to Survive because there's, like, a whole plethora of things to watch on YouTube, on TikTok. It's um, a white K-pop, essentially. Essentially, yeah. I have, like, <laughs> specific biases for certain drivers. And, certain and like, drivers. the content they put out for drivers yeah, definitely. on YouTube. And like the crack edits, it's yeah. it seems very K-pop. In and the sense. crack edits come from the, the official page of the sport. It's not just like fan-made edits. No, it's like 
F1 as a meme from the F1 channel. It's, it's They've yassified themselves as a Japanese <laughs> sport. But they know, I mean, they know their audience. Yeah, which is yeah for sure. Like, I think I saw somewhere na among all the sports during 2020 to 2021, F1 is the number one that really has high engagement also yeah. online and has gotten as much... And gained the new, most um, yeah, new fans, new in, fans in the pandemic. Exactly. And all thanks to Netflix, Drive to Survive, I think... Uh, it's a really great push for the sport, and definitely, you know, you go, you go for your own reasons, but like you stay because it's just a great. I mean, putting aside that it's just like such an excessive rich people sport. It is. It's super. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just really like a fun, anagane community to to be in to see, parang to root for people and teams. And it's just like a great um thing to get into, I feel. And you know, uh yeah, bond with your friends, get your friends into it also. So yeah, thanks Paula for that. Um sure. year end year end boodle that is F1. Congrats to our new world champion, Max Verstappen. <laughs> and it's been a controversial end of the season. But congrats um, to Carlos Sainz for placing <laughs> fifth. In his first year in Ferrari, what what an amazing feat! Okay. Congrats to Kimi for retiring. May I know. May people leave him alone. Yeah, we'll leave, leave him, him alone, alone now, and now he has his drink. That's a very niche um <laughs> series of, of of comments, but yes. But so yeah, I mean, it it's been a great season to get into F one for sure. And anything else to add to the TV segment before we head on to movies? And yeah, I mean. Paula and I have been speaking about F1 for maybe the last five episodes, but you know, it's just like the agenda, the vroom vroom agenda, get into it. Um, <laughs> and now we head on to movies. Um, it's been a weird year for movies for Paren, for sure. You know, transitioning from streaming only to hybrid, um, hybrid releases to cinemas only. So, you know, it's been a you know, the accessibility of a lot of movies are really depending on where you live, how you access things, how good you are at finding things. If you have friends who provide you links, um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and also, I mean, uh, usually I'd be a champion of Filipino cinema, but this year, parang, syempre with the height of the pandemic, not much cinemas, not much productions aside from those Viva Max movies that we shall not really talk about. But, you know, aside from that, wala masyadong lalabas talaga aside from a, f- a few ones from Netflix, some from I Want. I've only seen a, uh, parang, parang um, I would say a handful of original and new 2021 Filipino films this year. Um, I'm not sure if it's my fault or like, it's there's just really not a lot of choices that I could choose from that I would want to watch. But so I guess my list, that's just an opening na, to say that my list is really what's accessible on the Western front. Although I did see some uh, um, short films on Cinemalaya, mga ganyan. Pero wala pa rin yung, you know, shared experiences natin before raving about some Filipino movies that you should see. And that hasn't been much of a thing this year. Um, on the last two years, more or less. Uh, and now we're opening up cinemas again. Uh, I guess the first Filipino movie that came out um, in, in cinemas is, is called The Musical or whatever. <laughs> Let's not talk about that further. But 
um they're open they they are opening up um cinemas for MMFF 2021 which I do not personally agree with as well because I wouldn't want to see myself crowded in a theater so I'm not sure wala may announcement na ba sila on the like are they streaming some stuff or it's just really exclusively on in cinemas I don't think I think it's cinema pa rin diba kasi ang like purely cinema na Yeah, ang latest alam ko is the procession will push through. So, we're gonna see floats again. So, oh, well, that's interesting. Pero parang not a lot of hype surrounding it, um, I guess, this year. With the weirdness of it all na being the first full foray of Filipino cinema in uh, major theaters um, after two years of closure. Um, Jace, I think you wanted to say something on that. No, I was just gonna say, parang yay, we're gonna have floats. Traffic isn't bad enough. We just need to make it worse. And obviously, like taxpayer money needs to go to the, that shit. So yeah. Um, I'd want to make a movie called Float in MMFF. <laughs> I, I mean, called Mango in MMFF. So I could have a mango float in that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for you our to make show. It would win the award, though. Not like beyond. that would win the award for best float. Yeah. Sana naman may Graham, <sighs> Mango Graham. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're okay. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, moving on to our uh, movie list uh, for this year. I'm just gonna be pretty quick. Um, I did see a lot of movies, but not necessarily 2021 movies. Um. Shempre, I'll start off with the Marvel one. Uh, Shang-Chi has been my favorite one out of the three that came out this year. Um, although, you know, you can say it's kind of Marvel formula at its heart. It still really picks up a lot of its heart and its charm in the Asian heritage, in how beautiful the choreography is in the fight sequences, um, how charming Simu Liu and um, Aquafina are as leads and of course Tony Leung as the dad as the dad talaga but generally that was just a really like you know if since we're Asian it's our Black Panther shorts um, <laughs> and I mean you could relate on a more parang you could relate more on that level rather than other cultures that you know in other Marvel movies so parang you'd feel more at home with Shang-Chi in a sense na You know, you see those things in your everyday life. Um, versus, I guess, earlier in the year, we had Raya na medyo condensed lang siya all the cultures yeah. in one movie. This one, um, syempre, merong mga touches na not necessarily Filipino, but like as an Asian in general. Um, and seeing just an Asian cast as a whole, um, it's it's just great. And Shang-Chi was just like, wow, it really lived up to to its hype and was just beautiful. Um, any other Shang-Chi thoughts? As a Marvel hater? <laughs> uh, oh my God, you're so brave. <laughs> Shang-Chi was solid. I think uh, a lot of the flack and a lot of the flack I agree with is that there's not a lot of sensuality in the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the sense that, you know, these are people, you know, they, they get like vibe. But I will say the hottest scene Marvel has ever shot is the opening of Shang-Chi. Okay, the hottest person in Marvel right now is Tony Leung. Like, yeah, Tony Leung is 
He looks so good. <laughs> he didn't need any of that so CGI. I'm so sorry, Simulu, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 His, son, his thunder was. Because it was CGI that made it that made them require Tony Leung to roll up his sleeves. Thank you, CGI. God bless. <laughs> bear in mind that, uh, bear in mind, Tony Leung is 59. Yeah. Crazy. And I look like this at my age. Hey, you know, like, hey come on. Yeah, you look like, great, Jay. You look great. Really. Thank you, thank you. But like, the fish love. No, but I oh really, my God. I think those first three fight scenes, like the, 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 the dance between the lovers the and the, yeah, yeah <laughs> and the, the, the building, the bus, the bus, the bus, the bus, the bus yeah. scene. And the no the scaffold fight oh, scaffold, yeah, the were scaffold. so good like we're so so good I think they were they were very good like not even just like for Marvel you know yeah gonna, and the fight choreography fight I think it's just solid. It's, solid. It's, solid. it's it yeah because the last one that had like halfway decent fight choreography was like Winter Soldier with a hand to hand combat and that scene. was ten years ago yeah <laughs> and it wasn't even like that great I was just like oh there's there's some fighting over there but. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it fills the space for like some sort of martial arts adjacent uh movie that we haven't really had um generally I guess on not a in the level. scale on the mainstream yeah. yeah exactly on a main parang, yeah. I think I remember Dren mentioning some TV show that's kind yeah. of martial artsy I forget which name Iron that fist? was hey, Carly <laughs> No, 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 no. Hi, Carly. Hi, Carly. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was just randomly. I mean, Carly does some martial arts probably in one episode. There is yeah. there is the I Carly martial arts episode. I yeah. remember. Oh, the I don't remember the details, but there is one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, parang that space is filled. I feel, and that was uh, a great sweet spot for Shang Chi to like manifest amidst all the parang you know. Uh, hurdles or whatever you'd like to call it in that white dominated superhero space mm-hmm. and um, yeah and if you like Shang-Chi watch Hero 2002 also has Tony yes. Young yes. yes watch, cra- watch yes. Crouching Tiger for Michelle Yeoh yes just yeah. watch Michelle Yeoh she's, she's also so hot and like yeah. at her age what 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 she has a new movie coming out in like January I forget the title but it looks fun Good yeah I just saw it somewhere anyway yeah. Yeah. So um to continue my list, uh, I really loved from Netflix Tick Tick Boom. Like, oh wow. I mean, I really needed that movie in my life. Um, as I was headed to my birthday and feeling so down. And just like, you know, Jonathan Larson's work and seeing, you know, what goes through. Um, you know, we only know a lot of creators for the massive hits that they've had, but not so much the work that they've had to go through to create such hits or what they've gone through, you know, before such success. And, you know, that kind of feeling that we all have, um, especially in, in this age, na, I guess if you're a millennial or if you're if you're like in your late twenty mid to late twenties, it's just like a great um reflective thing to watch. Na parang, you know, you don't know uh, where you will go from where you are right now, but just trust and believe, and you will probably find you know your way somehow. Um, and that was just like a great you know opening scene, palang. And Andrew Garfield was just really like a revelation. Like nobody knew he could do that, I guess. Um, and even he himself, parang admits na he couldn't. He didn't know that he could sing like that until he was like cast in that movie. So 
yeah, great stuff. Tick, tick, boom. Um, I'm just gonna run by some of these really quickly. Um, I really, really love the Fear Street trilogy from Netflix also. Um, we haven't also had a good slasher, you know, like a good old um, classic slasher vibe um, on anywhere. Um, I mean, we did have like, you know, the Halloween reboot, all that. Um, ano pa ba? Mga ready or not, mga ganon. There's going to be Scream. The Scream. Really. Exactly. Scream 5 or 5 Cream. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 5 Cream. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, I mean, in general, a lot of the slashers we've had are kind of like big budget um, franchise slashers. But, you know, to have an original-ish. Well, this is based off of R.L. Stein's um, Fear Street books. Uh, but kind of like pushing that onto the Netflix era and having a whole trilogy of movies um, about it. It's just really, it's really a lot of good fun. And, you know, with queer, it's a queer, there's queer uh, characters, female fronted, um, diverse, I guess. Um, so Fear Street, all the three uh, renditions of it, 1994, and 16, 1666. 66. So yeah, those are I mean I I guess you can watch them all separately, but like just watch the whole thing. Really, really fun stuff. Um also really fun that I enjoyed and I wish I had seen in a cinema is Free Guy. Um, you know, just the epicenter of the Disney Fox merger and like what it means to be in a video game in 2021. And Ryan Reynolds, I guess at his best also in his best form and putting it out there. I mean, um, putting the Deadpool out of it, but like, you know, putting that energy into something a bit more original and not um, comic book uh, adjacent. Um, Really, really fun stuff. Any other free guy thoughts that you might want to add? It was fun. It was really fun. Really fun watch. I loved it. Like, as a casual gamer, there were so many, like, hints and um, personalities that were there that I never would have expected in a film prior to this one. Um, it was just a good, fun watch. And it got, I mean, it got Fantasy by Mariah Carey back on charts. So, you know, that's always something great. And I think it was one of the earliest pandemic um, parang theatrical Cinema releases. releases. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, wish, I wish they had like brought that back here for that cinematic experience but they did not um anything else on free guy um just some honorable mentions for me uh candy man 2021 was also really good um just parang watching both the original and the revived versions um definitely fits the jordan peele produced <laughs> era of like you know being black in 2021 and what it still means coming off of the same sentiments that came in 1994 and uh, another honorable mention some or some more honorable mentions rather are Spencer Kristen Stewart was just <laughs> great and the score as well was really good in um really helping her deliver that performance as well on screen and malignant uh, that was just really fun for me like Objectively speaking, not really James Wan's best work, but once you get into the thick of it, 
as this as the 2021 TikTok trend into the thick of it. Um, <laughs> um, it's just really a lot of camp and a lot of fun, but I don't want to talk about it. Just find find malignant and you will have some crazy good fun by the end of it, I would say. Um, yeah, uh, those that's my list for this year. Um, Paula, I think, wants to go next. All right. So just again, very quickly, um, The Suicide Squad, I think, in terms of like oh, yes. another like, comic book movie for this year, I think was really good. It was such a great way to bring, because I love The Suicide Squad as a comic, and it was such a good way to bring it back to the cinematic universe with, and, you know, make That's, us forget the first yeah. one, which is really, really bad. Um, and I'm excited for Peacemaker because of it, because... I, I never assumed that I would be into his character as much as I was after seeing the film. And, um, you know, James Gunn has really proven himself to be a really good director in terms of these types of um, movies. So, and we, we've ha- we have a whole episode on The Suicide Squad. Go and listen to that um, for more thoughts um, on it. But yeah, that's definitely part of my top films of the year. Um, I watched it in 2021, but it was released in 2020, um, Promising Young Woman. Um, I know it's a film that really hits different when you're a woman yourself. Um, there are definitely things that I'm sure men can't like fully relate to when they watch it. So as a woman who watched it, uh, as a woman who's seen the film, I, I really saw myself in so many of these moments and the fears that I have for myself, for my other female friends, female presenting friends, like everyone um, who understands the type of oppression and um, poss- every possibility that you could have just walking down the street. It's frightening, but There's some, um, I don't know, like revenge or that good sensation, I guess, when you're watching someone like take something, uh, do something that you personally can't do for yourself or for the people that you love. So I think it's a great watch, for, especially if you're a woman. Um, Free Guy was mentioned. Um, I, the document and the documentary that I really want everybody to see, I don't know why it hit me so hard, is The Rescue. Um, I didn't pay like, super close attention to the Thai soccer team cave incident when it happened in 2018, 2018, but 2019. Yeah. Um, I knew about it like generally, but I never like delved too deep into it because again, like children in perilous situations are definitely like a difficult thing for me to swallow. And that definitely um, aided in the way that I watched the rescue five minutes in, I was already like, sobbing just at the thought of, of these children in such a dangerous situation but what got me through it I think is one the spirit of humanity and just that feeling of generosity from people um, that is very rare to see nowadays it's it's prevalent so much in in the rescue and every single character that they interview every single person rather that they interview um, kindness and just um, that good feeling of knowing that there's a happy ending at the end of this film, you know, that's that definitely like is, is a major selling point to this because otherwise it's not something I could probably stomach seeing. So the rescue is a great documentary for everyone to watch. Um, Mugen train uh, entering into the anime aspect. Once again, um, if you're yes. a fan of Demon Slayer, this was, I loved season one, but I think Mugen, uh, Mugen train was a much better like way to present the lore of the universe of Demon Slayer and just really good fight sequences as well. And the animation of Demon Slayer in general is so beautiful. It's so different from any other anime I have ever seen. Despite it being 
another like fight sequence or like mystical type of anime that's not genuinely new but the way that demon slayer presents itself visually is so appealing and um the spirit of again humanity in in the main characters at the forefront of of Mugen Train and moving forward with the rest of the season now as it starts the new newest season for uh, Demon Slayer you can definitely see how the events of this film um aided the growth of all of these characters and it's also the highest grossing film ever in Japan like despite it coming out during the pandemic um it's still the highest grossing film ever in that country which says a lot um Mugen uh, Demon Slayer isn't even like the best or like highest charting manga or anime in the country so that that says a lot about the film in of itself i think and then lastly this is in terms of film my biggest obsession i guess to come out of 2021 dune oh my god like i, I wish i watched this in cinemas because of just how great it is um i i came in like really with nothing in in mind um and came out just like the biggest stan of of this franchise um you can really feel the love that villeneuve has villeneuve has for the material for the source material um and he and he gets it like he understood the assignment i watched the original right after watching the 2021 version just to see the difference and and after reading the book as well um and clearly villeneuve um, really understood where um, the original was coming from so i'm excited for the sequels for it and i'm glad that it got as much hype as it did as well and you know stands and they uh, even though she was barely in the film for clear skin <laughs> we all want to be like it's just winning at life right good for her honestly <laughs> can i just say about that imagine like being in a film for five minutes or whatever and getting paid that much like oh, i mean mark yeah. hamill got paid for the last jedi just for throwing a lightsaber behind or like for on for putting down his phone that's so force awakens yeah yeah i love that <laughs> i force and, awakens and i mean i think zendaya has really like deserved it i mean putting herself on that a-list now at this point um so parang queen queen behavior only Dune good as a Villeneuve hater. Dune good. <laughs> and I also, I also just want to say Desert Power. I just feel like Desert, desert power. power. Yeah. Oh, and Oscar Os- Isaac is so hot in this film. I was about to say that. <laughs> Oscar <laughs> Isaac is hot, period. Yes, right, but like right, exceptionally right. more so in this film, I, okay. I would say. No, the, no there, are, there, are, there are exceptions to Oscar Isaac is hot. Like uh, okay, fair he has enough. to have a beard. He has to have a beard. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he needs to have a beard. I, I disagree in people when people say he's hot in Star Wars. I'm like, no, dude, him. <laughs> he's like, super hot in Star Jedi Wars. Jedi sliding into the yes. know, the ditch. That was my whole like sexuality for that year. Like that's that, that was just it. That was what I was attracted to that year. The only thing I was attracted to <laughs> specifically that scene. So yeah, Oscar Isaac hot. <laughs> I want to say right. so many things, but we do not have time. But anyway, so thirsty. All right, all right. Okay, someone else take the. <laughs> all right, who wants to go next? I can go. <clears throat> uh, so I'm just gonna like very quickly breeze through my list because it's a, a, <laughs> a, a bit. Uh, so my favorite movie of the year is. 
Uh, well, actually, I have two movies in my five favorite movies of the year uh, that are both from the same director. So uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi has had a great year. I'm sure Jace will back me up on it. And Emil, if you guys have seen it. Drive My Car is the best movie of the year. It's the first movie I've given five stars since Asako 1 and 2, in, which is also by Ryosuke Hamaguchi, like three <laughs> years ago. So it's I remember that film. in your 2018 list. That was so... That's crazy. <laughs> it's been a while. But yeah, Drive My Car is this lovely exploration on grief and art and the sort of sort of it's reflective of 2021 and that I think this is a year that's been about grief and just attempting to figure out how to continue to persist despite. And I think Drive My Car captures that extremely well. There's so much movie in this movie. And right after, it's the kind of movie where you just kind of have to lie down for an hour and just kind of digest mm. it when you're done with it. So when... When it comes out or when it becomes available to y'all, you should definitely, you know, block out three hours of your life and see it. All right. Noted. Yeah. I don't know if anyone wants to add to that, if anyone else has seen it. I love Drive My Car in a sense that it weaves in um, the Uncle Vanya, like, uh, play so seamlessly into the story. And I think that this is, for me, this is one of the these perfect examples of quote-unquote representation na parang it's woven in so intricately into the fabric of the film that it's not just treated as a checklist. Um, you know, there are, there are, there's a Filipino, there are people from different parts of Southeast Asia, deaf characters and all of that, but all of them kind of, that aspect kind of bleeds into this whole aspect of communication also at the center like communicating not only intent but also your own grief about your own life and all of that um and communication as far as connection i think that actually drive my car is really about a film that's centered around wanting to connect and being unable to connect to people um and i think that that is actually really resonant um actually same Denny, probably my top two or one of my top five uh Two of my top five will always be the Hamaguchi films. Um, personally, I would rank *Wheel of Fortune* and *Fantasy* higher, just because I was just so impressed by the short films format and how there was an increasing escalation in terms of the coincidence and chance and the necessary choices. But I think that *Drive My Car* is just like a huge flex. Like honestly, yeah. it's like like you kind of think, how did he manage to like weave in all of these things and for it to not be or feel contrived in any way. Like, it genuinely feels like it needs to be as long as it is. I know it's like two and a half it's hours. Three hours. hours. It's three hours. Three hours. Yeah. Okay. So, but, um, and, and you, you don't always want to sit through stories like that, even if you can binge watch Spit Game or whatever. Um, but, then, <laughs> but then I think that this is the kind of film that merits those three hours and it never really feels like any minute is wasted. It lingers where it lingers. It speeds through what it needs to speed through. And I, I think it's a beautiful achievement. Yeah. And I'm actually happy that it's getting international recognition. Um, and I really hope that, honestly, like it, it's, it goes, like, gets nominated for other categories apart from 
international. Best International Feature for the Academy Awards. Because I think that Hamaguchi is just a great filmmaker all around. And I think this has been a long time coming. Yeah. Well, can, can I just add like really quickly also that yeah. um, the thing that I got from Drive My Car was the idea that it talks a lot about how we try to process our feelings through consuming other art and trying to process yeah. other art. Um, because, I mean, it's not a spoiler to say like throughout the entire film, the main character is constantly revisiting this play and he's, he's revisiting it in fragments and, you know, trying to put these fragments back together again through different actors. And all of that is just him trying to figure out his own grief as well. And I thought that was fascinating. Um, I'm going to make a really, really horrible comparison. Drive My Car and Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, uh, both of Hamaguchi's films this year, are like Hamilton and in the it's in the sense that in the sense that um I'm I'm more I'm definitely more impressed by how Drive My Car is put together. And I think technically it's clearly the better made film. But on on a personal level, like I would also like Jace rank Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy a little higher just because it's so ordinary. Like the way that film is made, uh, for lack of a better term, feels so normal and it 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 makes me feel like i could pick up a camera and shoot something myself because it's not yeah. glossy at all um which is what i really uh love about it so yeah yeah i'm gonna uh, give it back to Danny. yes definitely <laughs> yeah i think drive my car is maybe the better movement like it's my favorite movie of the year but wheel of fortune fantasy feels like more of a more of a miracle i guess it's like how is it this good versus of course it is this good mm. yeah. uh also every time they spoke tagalog and drive my car i was just the, the pinoy pride meme that was me yeah and <laughs> it's not bad like it's proper like oh yeah, they got a real filipino actor and a let's real go. translator yeah so like it's good I like pinoy I, pride I, let's go a name of the filipinos in this movie there's one uh, it's like um they're, they're staging, they're staging yeah. a play that's basically multicultural and yeah. there's Everyone there are subtitles. Yeah. yeah, everyone speaks their own language. Yeah. Ah. So one of the actors they got is Filipino, so he's speaking Filipino, and the person's responding in Chinese. So it's yeah. like you have to really know your beats. And I thought, so it was... where is the car? Just kidding, Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is a, there's a lot of car. The there's a lot everywhere. of car in this movie. There's a lot of car in this movie. There's a lot of car. Yeah. Okay. So another great movie, and like I won't belabor it because I don't think it's like out. Is licorice pizza? Uh, I've been hearing so much about it. Can I just say it I is... am so jealous of you because Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson, Micah birthday, like. Uh, <laughs> anyway, go. One of the great birthdays, licorice <laughs> pizza. Not gonna believe it, but it's the best American film of the year. It is. Uh, when it comes out, there's gonna be a lot of really annoying discourse on Twitter because PTA does take a few risks in how he builds the story in the sense that. The man doesn't have Twitter, so he doesn't know <laughs> what what are landmines and what are not. I think I personally am like okay with it. I think they work, but beyond that, it's great. Alana Hayam is great. Cooper Hoffman is great. The music is great. Bradley Cooper for best supporting actor. Uh, just overall, maybe it's a mess, but it makes me feel like it's okay that you know my life is a mess. You know, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Worst person in the world, also about a woman who is a mess. But uh, Renate Reinsville, I don't know if I got that. I probably messed that up. But she is my favorite performance of the year. Just uh, 
Uh, it's it's like Francis Ha plus Wheel of Fortune in fantasy. It is the millenn- It's one of the great expressions of the millennial experience because, you know, like how do we remember our life? We don't remember it as one big story. We remember it as like discrete pieces that don't fit together. And I think that's what worst person in the world is. Uh, it should be. It's it's a cathartic experience if you're anywhere from 25 to 35. Like that movie will like elevate your soul. Uh, and like I won't belabor. Power of the Dog is is on Netflix now. Uh, great film. As I was telling to the people I watched it with, surprisingly horny. Did not expect that, but uh, <laughs> just like. I, w- I was expecting like a normal Western. Then I remember, all right, this is a Jane Campion movie, of course. Uh, just one of a great cinematic achievement. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is winning best actor. Uh, sorry to Will Smith, but I think it's going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. He's just, he's just acting, acting in this movie. Like, I don't know if it's always good acting, but it's always capital A acting in this movie. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has seen Power of the Dog, if anyone has like other thoughts. But, Not yet. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's very good. Uh, Petin Maman by Celine Siama, as represented by my shirt. Uh, great film about childhood. And I think very much about Siama's preoccupation with female-only spaces. And just, uh, it's one of her best movies. And it's not like, it doesn't announce itself as a great movie. Like Portrait, when it starts, is a great movie. It just yells out, I'm a great movie, and it earns it. But Petit Maman is such a quiet, like, like when we said that Wheel of Fortune is a miracle movie, Petite Maman is also a miracle movie. Uh, shout out French Dispatch, uh, Wes An- one of Wes Anderson's best, Bergman Island, uh, a fantastic meditation on what it's like to be a female artist and just the responsibilities of that. Bad Luck Banging is extremely wild. Uh, and like, I know me and Emil disagree on it, but that ending is just works for what the movie is, but also doesn't work for what the movie is. And that whole middle section, which is like a dictionary yeah. uh, type thing, is one of the best sort of sequences of any movie in 2021. Y'all should definitely catch it. Uh, I also really love Bo Burnham's Inside. I really, really, really love Bo Burnham's Inside. And I will count it as a movie. And, you know, f- and I want to close. I finally attended a movie with a protest outside this year. Uh, Benedetta had a very wild Catholic protest outside my screening, uh, and it makes sense because it is—it's about like it's—it's a—it's about lesbian nuns, so uh, makes sense. But a dude with bagpipes showed up, so that was the strange part. And they were singing like Latin hymns outside the church, and we were <laughs> like, "We're already inside. We've bought the ticket. I am not sure what you're protesting." So it still went wide in AMC's uh, around the city. And I know it's like screening on a streaming service in the Philippines, so definitely oh. uh, catch Benedetta if and when you can. I don't guarantee you like it. I don't think it's a capital G great film, but it's a wild ride. So that's all of my stuff. I'll try and go next because as we keep telling Cholo, we'll try and make this fast. So I only <laughs> that's that's how that's how we go about naman in the last. X years of this show. Yeah. We'll try to make this fast. We'll try. Yeah, to we'll see. Sorry, Charlie. I did my best. No, no, no. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Take your time. It's yeah. the last show of the year. Oh, that's let's, true. Let's give some space for what we feel like people should watch if they do have Christmas breaks. Um, mm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, 
before we started recording this, Denny was talking about um, how you felt like you didn't have like a movie that only you were championing um, compared to lots of other people. Um, I don't know if this really counts for me, but at least among the people I know who've seen it, I'm, I feel like I'm the only one who like really, really loves it, which is Passing on Netflix, which is the film from Rebecca Hall starring Dessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. Um, I don't really have like a passionate defense for why I think it's one of the best movies of the year. I just, it just vibed with me a lot. It, it, I, I guess this is like, a, a, this, you can take this as a critique also, but it reminded me of what I tried to write in college. <laughs> In when I was in college, so maybe maybe it's not good, but it, like I I liked it a lot. Um, Does it just pass Emil's standards? It excels. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Um, and then uh, another film that uh, probably my favorite, I would count it as a horror film of the of the decade so far is Titan, um, aka Ride My Car, because that's what she does in that movie. <laughs> She rides a car in that way. Um, so may drive my car, may ride my yeah. car. Yeah, of course. That was the, an excellent joke. Ra- rather, the car rides her, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's messed up completely. Like, but it, it's, in such a tasteful way, you know? Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> depends on your definition of tasteful. I mean, yes, that's true. It is. But like, I would never show it to like my parents, oh. you know, something like that. <laughs> don't watch it. Don't watch it with like friends unless you're sure. You're oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And I I watched it with friends, so that was fun. <laughs> no, but it's it's really wild and like says. I feel like it. If if it doesn't really say like a super definitive concrete thing about gender and and like our roles and families and stuff, it at least like asks a lot of questions, which I really like. And then uh, the last three. Sorry, I just wanted to say that oh. Titanus is so fascinating. Na parang. It's kind of it's it's in that weird zone that you don't really like get what's happening, but nonetheless you're just so like enthralled, yeah. like just so like okay, I'm gonna watch this, I'm gonna finish this, I'm gonna. Alam <laughs> parang it's just really like something you get yourself into. Yeah, it's just like beautiful that way, even though it's not like alam it's not parang for normies, I guess. <laughs> No, yeah, it's it's definitely not oh. like your typical like horror movie. Sorry, Danny, what were you gonna say? No, don't. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. Don't like don't bring your normie friends to see Titan and say like, oh, it won the same award Parasite won. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's that's so <laughs> nope. <laughs> there's Ever no mass. There's that. no mass appeal to, to Titan. <laughs> exactly, but you know, for what it is, it's just really yeah. just like, so, compelling in that. Way also wholesome, weirdly enough. In a way, really yeah. wholesome, yeah, yeah, very touching. Sorry, as someone who's never seen the film, you're telling me that a person, that a film that a car rides a woman is is wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> she she yeah. she she bangs a car and she gets pregnant. That's the synopsis, and then That's, yeah, and then it That's becomes nice. very wholesome. Yeah, yeah. we're we're serious. Yeah, but yeah, there's no, lots of there's lots of death real. in it too. All right. Put it on my list. <laughs> it's either the weirdest movie about family or the most wholesome movie where a woman rides a car or a car. I mean, how many <laughs> movies are there where a woman rides a car? I can name well, at least one oh, more. I can right. name that at least way. one. Okay. Let me talk about this really quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. You should. You all should see the movie where the girl from Portrait of a Lady on Fire uh, rides a roller coaster. And I mean, oh, that's it. Emma. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna okay. need a list. Of- 
yeah. these like adjacent films. Cars, <laughs> Cars 2, Cars 3. Which reminds me of a tweet that I saw. I think Paula liked that. Tweet. I love that tweet. Um, let me just search it up real quick as we <laughs> are talking about it. Cars, oh. yes, yes. Let me just oh search God. that up real quick. Um... <laughs> Ayun, me, how can I impress your dad? GF, he's really into cars. Me, okay. Later, her dad, nice to meet you. Me, let's talk about Pixar's finest movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so That's a great <laughs> And just F1 adjacent. You know, I think part of why I really loved F1 is because how I grew up with cars and really liked cars and just really like, oh, this is like Lightning McQueen and the pit stop. <laughs> Alam mo yun, the piston, they're trying to win the Piston Cup, which is the world championship. It's just really like cars adjacent. But no way in real life will there ever be a three-way tie in Formula One. The same <laughs> way that there was in the Piston Cup in Cars 1. <laughs> Pero yun lang. It's just really like, and you know, a lot, actually, the the goats of uh, F1 have a- apparently appeared in cars like yeah. without us knowing like Schumacher and even Lewis Hamilton um crazy it depends on which um region you're watching so if you're watching um in Germany they got Vettel to to voice the character um so yeah it it changes whenever wherever you're watching that's a little like Formula One cars trivia. Yeah, I don't know how we course. got here. No, I was, that's why I'm laughing. I'm laughing because yeah, me too. About cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's plot, but it goes back to the vroom vroom agenda. Right? Vroom vroom agenda. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Emil. Anyway, I, I, was gonna, I was just gonna wrap up by saying, um, <laughs> like, I want to champion a few documentaries as well, um, because there are just so many documentaries, especially like on Netflix and it's a lot of true crime, which I'm not personally into. Um, so the, the, the three documentaries that I really, really liked this year, one is called, it's spelled Wojnarowicz, but it's pronounced Wojnarowicz. So it's about uh, uh, a mixed media artist um, who, I mean, this documentary is a real person, but it's about um, the life of this mixed media artist who lived in, uh, Greenwich Village in New York during the AIDS epidemic um, and it's about his art and his sort of like activism but the film is presented almost like um, something he would have made himself so it's chaotic and um, uh, it, it's very transgressive at, at certain points and yeah I, I really enjoy it for for that reason um, another documentary Summer of Soul which is directed by Questlove uh, which is about the Harlem Cultural Festival, this sort of forgotten, quote-unquote, Black Woodstock, um, where, like, it's just superstar lineup of, of the greatest Black musicians from the end of the 60s. Um, and the, the, the concert footage in, in this documentary is insane. Like, it's some of the best live musical performances you will ever see. Like, Stevie Wonder playing drums. I didn't know he could play drums. Um, Sly and the Family Stone. Um, like, pretty much anybody who's famous in, in the late 60s uh, in, in Black America. Um, and then my personal favorite documentary of the year is surprisingly on Netflix, as much as I give Netflix, give Netflix flack for their selection of documentaries sometimes. Um, there's a documentary called Procession, which is like Ted Lasso, it's about therapy. It's literally about six men who are engaging in this thing called drama therapy. Um, and what they all have in common is that in their childhood, they were sexually abused by priests. 
and they use this program to create like little short films or filmed scenes of like reflecting on their trauma, reenacting those those incidents, and uh, really just to sort of heal and cope with it. And they they begin to form a community together through filmmaking and through just um, you know being there for each other as they reenact uh, these horrible things that happened to them. Um, and it's it's one of the only films this year where I feel like it sounds like an insult, but it doesn't feel like there's a director in the sense that the subjects, the main characters are, are feel like they're directing the film itself. And all that Robert Green, the credited film director, all he had to do was really just sort of follow them and honor their story. Um, yeah, so it, it's very, very difficult to watch obvious, for obvious reasons. Um, but it's probably the, like the best documentary I've seen from Netflix. And it's it's a documentary that I think reminds us what the form of the documentary can do and should be able to do. Um, you know, a lot of people think it, it, it can only just uh, present facts or retell events and whatnot, but this is really sort of providing healing for, for like these six men. So I would super recommend it if you have the mental strength for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, last two people. I can go on. Huh? You're, you're going to go to Jace? No, go, go, go ahead. That's okay. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, try to make it quick also, if I can. Um, it almost feels unbelievable that Godzilla vs. Kong and Zack Snyder's Justice League came out this year. Like, almost, oh my god. It felt <laughs> like ages ago. In this weird limbo of a year. felt like ages ago. Yeah. So just to remind people, yes, it came out in 2021. And though I guess well, I, I, we already, we have an episode about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Watch it in life again. And you know, you know, we said now it's nice that this exists. We're happy this exists. It patches some stuff up. And I think our agreement was it was better. It was better in, in a way. But I can't imagine that grabe. Imagine how awesome it would have been to have seen Godzilla versus Kong in a cinema. Because that was a yeah, blockbuster. Yeah, that's something we that missed on, for sure. Yeah, if, it ha- it was, if it was released, like, October, they m- there might have been a chance that the Philippines would have gone for it. Because I'm bitter. But like, imagine, I'm seeing Kong punching Godzilla twice. <laughs> so, ah! With especially that final battle with that like yeah. neon lights. Uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong bayon. Hong Kong yun. Yeah, it was Hong Kong. My God. I <laughs> I wish like it was in the cinema. Was I would have yeah, I would have risked one of my most... life. I, I would have risked my life for Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> what I did risk my life for was I did what? risk my life for Dune though, which I that what Dune was the first movie I watched. Yeah. In the I mean, cinema. there was only one other person with us in the cinema, so yeah. we didn't really like risk our lives. Yeah, but I, I was really happy that I watched it uh, in the cinema because it really was, you know, like like what Paula said, Denis Villeneuve really understood what he had to do, and he made it a real uh, cinematic experience. Now, like, wow, the sound design is amazing. Hans Zimmer's score is, oh my God. And I get to experience it with the surround sound on Dolby. It's like, ah, oh, this is, this made me happy that the cinemas are reopening again. Uh, other 
movies that I think uh, I want to recommend that I enjoyed also. I did enjoy uh, In the Heights. Uh, like for someone who didn't, ano, like went in blind, it was pretty fun. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of musicals this year, and it's still. I think In the Heights is still like the best. I know, like this is coming from some someone who, ha- who was yet to watch the new West Side Story, but you know, In the Heights is like it was pretty good. Like not bad, great. Uh, another one that I want to recommend is The Green Knight by David Lowery. This is literally Dev Patel looking the best. Like oh my god, he looks he look he's always looked great for the past five years. But oh my, he was he was look he looks looks great here. Uh, well, I'm a big fan of yung mga gantong mga gantong kwento, like the Arthurian ano, Arthurian legend. And you know, I really like how very artsy, but how very folklore yung dating ni Lori sa ano, paggawa ng movie. Wala, na enjoy ko lang siya. Uh, another one, this one's on Netflix. It's uh, The Hard Day Fall. It's a West, uh, uh, Western, mainly. Actually, not not mainly all all black cast. Really, well, it's a really fresh. Ano, it's I have I don't think I've seen a good western like this good. Cause I haven't seen Parse Dog yet. Uh, but yung the harder they fall, ang galing. I mean, an all star cast. You have Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina Regina King, and then soundtrack is amazing. Like oh, the director made the soundtrack. It's oh my, it sounds really good. It looks really good. Well acted. Wala. It, this movie should have been getting the marketing that was being put for Red Notice. Like, oh my God, why it take roughly came out at the same time? Why w- weren't a lot of people talking about the harder they fall? So, I guess because westerns aren't really a thing like worldwide versus I guess yeah general <laughs> blockbusters. I don't know. Ah. Parang yeah. Anyway, it go makes, ahead. Makes me wonder, Tuloy. Okay, if they stole the Mo, if they stole the Moa Globe for Red, ano, Red Notice, what would they, what would they have done for Hard Day Fall? Kaya makes you wonder lang. Yung know. ano, yung yung Bounty Fresh Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wait, that. Chicken. Pa yung Bounty Fresh Chicken may Joan, kasi nakita ko yung dumana ko don. Tapos dalawa na silang mano. Talaga? Buti pa siya. Ano Quick finish. Uh, I watched Finch, which is Tom Hanks. You know, I think Tom Hanks is at this point in his career, and like, you know what? I'll do whatever I want. It doesn't matter anymore. And he still does like he does a pretty good job. And I think Finch, you know, Finch was a pretty wholesome science fiction mo- uh, movie. Uh, it's like it's on Apple TV plus Apple TV plus. And when I watch it, oh, oh, this is actually pretty good. This is Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks, but it's amazing how much emotion is in the robot. Like for for a artificial character. Sobrang em- emotional ng voices, voice niya lang. So, wala. Natuwa ako dun. Uh, I mentioned this before. It's a short, animated short film. It's Blush. Uh, direct, created, written and directed by a Filipino, Joe Mateo. Very emotional. He wrote it for his wife. Again, I'm recommended because it's really good uh, animation by Skydance and an even more touching story. Especially since you know what, what he, where he's, he's coming from. And you know, Pinoy Pride. It's it's a really really nice short film, talaga. Nak touch talaga siya. Paula messaged me after she watched it. <laughs> she cried. I don't blame her. It's like damn you, Burns. I don't blame her. It's it. Ganon talaga yung dating ng blush, and I loved it. For I the moment I finished it, I watched it again and made my sister watch it with me. 
Ganun, that's how ano talaga, how touched I was. And just to end, speaking of touch, uh, I the one of the most recent movies I watched was Belfast. Um, it's not a lot of people like think it's amazing, like sobrang ganun ganun. But for me, like person, I told Emil, Jason, Denny, this na, I related it with it so much because yung kwento niya, Kenneth Branagh, kasi he it's inspired by his own life. Yung kwento niya, it really, really, really reminded me of my dad's life because when he was younger, he grew, grew up poor and because of the financial situation and he had to move, he had to leave, he had to move to Australia, he had to leave the country and he had to leave his, his life behind where he grew up. Everything that his family knew, his whole entire family, his whole life. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. He had to leave his entire life in England just so that his his family could you know move on and it and daming ano how i related with how kenneth branas made it so personal like and daming i was telling my dad na there's some aspects in this na you told me this iting kunento mo sa akin like growing up playing in the streets uh his yung ta, his dad the, the the character's dad played by Jamie Dornan working far away just to make me think make ends meet the the mom ano staying at home whenever she could to take care of her ano and my grandmother she told me because she's halfway through the movie she told me that she really saw the grandparents as my great grandparents staying at home knitting fixing uh woodworking you know and wala I just really resonated with ano, Belfast. So, you know, I will admit that it's not the best film of the year, but I will sort of defend it because of how personal it, it means to my family at least. And you know, I, I, I sent it again to my grandmother who said she loves it so far. I can't wait to see what, what, once, she, once it ends, how, what she'll think about it. And I also sent it to my dad. Na, I hope he gets to watch it and he gets to see himself in the you know, Uh, that little kid because and little Jude Hill who is amazing in that movie and yun nga wala I was really touched like I didn't expect to be so ano, emotionally atta- attacked attacked by this movie and sobrang wala na, sobrang natouch ako and I'm also so happy na it got the mo- it's tied most uh, nominations sa Golden Globes because it's not the type of movie that would do that I guess Ah, I'm not gonna cry. Okay, so I guess I'm that. But I think I don't know how to follow up. Um, well, but like overlap, go with a lot of other people's lists. Um, I love Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy and Drive My Car by Rizuka Hamaguchi. I love Petite Maman, tama By Celine Siyama. I love Celine Siyama forever and ever. I think that that particular film is so simple. And it's actually like a perfect pandemic film that can perfectly exist outside of the pandemic. Does that make sense? Um, I love Titan. The way I would describe it is that it's um, about how monstros- monstrosity is curbed uh, curbed into like a form of humanity and all of that. Um And how gender and all of these boundaries are blurred by desire. 
like that's that's my parang thesis of it like wala siyang pake about all of these like categorizations ang pake lang niya is like desire and and love um to a certain extent which is weird given that it's a film about a about a serial killer um but then yeah uh i i like dune i find myself comparing dune every blockbuster now to dune just because of how a lot of the naturalistic shots are um and also how in my opinion ang galing ni Rebecca Rebecca Ferguson I think Rebecca Ferguson in this um she completely like <laughs> stomps on every other person in terms of acting um but I wanted to like give shout outs to like four at least for um other movies that people siguro aren't talking about as much um this was on Denny's list but Shiva Baby is great it's um it's a social anxiety set in um a funeral right a funeral um and wala lang it, it's a perfect a perfect like encapsulation of like claustrophobia self-induced a form of self-induced claustrophobia and the best part about it is that it's wholly convincing it's actually like a nightmare situation that i feel like a lot of people will experience once they start reuniting with their families for the holidays um which is terrifying Um, the second is Mitchell and the versus the the Mitchells versus the machines. Nasa listen ni Danny. Um, yeah, I, I, so good. I really I think that the film I was really shocked by the animation and the just the sheer fun of the film. I think that it's one of those things that you enter in thinking that it's like this brainless animation, but really it has not just a lot of heart, but a lot of intellect around how it's designed, like narratively as well. <clears throat> One of my quote-unquote guilty pleasures is actually Love and Monsters, which was released this year on Netflix. I think that that's a perfect, um, perfect use of Dylan O'Brien's um, humor and charm and everything, and it kind of weaponizes you to the point that even if it is like very formulaic and very, it goes where it is bound to go. Parang you can't help but root for Dylan O'Brien. And this kind of repeated coming of age narrative, yeah. Um, and the last one is, I think, Uni, which not a lot of people are talking about. It's um, part of it was part of Q Cinema. That's where I watched it. Um, and Uni is a great film about a young Indonesian girl who is torn between marrying and marrying as she is in high school and um, securing her family's financial um, stability. Or pursuing university, which doesn't allow for married girls to enter, um, and so like there's no tension between those two things, and it's really great because it shows like this really contained world. Um, I notice all of the all of the films that I kind of mentioned, the um, center is like except for love and monsters, the center is like female female characters. Um, yeah, uh, except maybe drive my car. I don't, yeah, uh, but then. Ayun, like uni shows a lot of female solidarity it shows it doesn't kind of pity the women it presents them with a lot of interesting choices um and i i really suggest that if anyone ever has like access to this on a streaming platform like they look for it i'm not going to mention philippine films um because i'm making a separate list for that somewhere else but then um well it, i think that this was yeah, according to a lot of people as well this was actually a really good Year for film. Better na kung mga some other like mas obscure na 
na films na feeling ko hindi na ma-release ever. Like, there's this film called Sexual Drive, which is about, it's basically an erotic thriller that is centered around food. Like, it's a Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, but it's about food. So, kumakain lang sila ng ramen and, like, they're trying to unearth, like, who this person cheated on someone with, parang ganun. And, it's just sensual eating and I think that like you would never expect like an erotic thriller to be like that you'd expect a lot of sex but like it's not at all it doesn't have that and then The Witches of the Orient um, people will likely not have seen this but it's like a documentary that's about this famous Japanese um, volleyball team and it combines a lot of different things it combines archival footage which is super beautiful um, present day like re capturing like the the existing volleyball team at their old age and then also animation like it combines like all of the animation styles that have been inspired by that particular volleyball team actually that the success of that volleyball team eventually um, led to the, the different sports animes that we now see in in Japan, um, especially Haikyuu, it's actually, um, yeah, so like, it's it's really great. Um, those are two, like, recommendations that I feel like no one will ever watch, but if you ever get the chance to watch it, like, I would totally, totally suggest you do. Yeah, and that's it for me. Um, I have a longer list, but I... All right, so that wraps up our episode. Um, you know, there's really, like, Year after year, we do have like, you know, we'll we'll try to condense everything we have in one list. At one point, we had like more than six people yata in a year-end round, round uh, parang roundup. But, you know, there's like so much to watch. And, you know, we're the six people on this call, on this um, episode. And definitely, you know, the never-ending list continues. But, you know, um, I guess to wrap up the show... Um, instead of giving recommendations as this whole episode was really more on recommendations um i guess just one thing you're grateful for in 2021 as our cheesy moment to end our popcorn episodes for 2021 um who wants to go first <laughs> jace ako na hindi pa ako na spoil sa spider-man no way from home yeah don't jinx it <laughs> No, I mean, I'm fine getting spoiled, but then, like, you know, it's, it's very interesting that it's not happening, considering that I'm on Twitter a lot, so yeah. Um, well, I'm grateful for whatever friend interactions I've had in, in the last year, any and all um, ways I've seen and talked to my friends, whether it's newfound during the pandemic or ones that I've, I've had ever since. Um has really brought an immense sense of joy um, to to my days. So that's that's great. And I'm grateful for F1. Can't end this show without the Vroom Vroom agenda. So once again, Formula, Formula One and friends. <laughs> mm, I can go next. Uh, I'm grateful for the plethora of new people I've met this year and just the ability to exist. Uh, the ability to encounter uh, different people again. I think related to that, because same, I'm specifically grateful for um, apps like Discord and Zoom that make it so much easier to uh, just keep up with people. And there was a there was a long sort of adjustment period to figuring out 
purely online like hangout spaces, but they've become so essential. Um, they can't replace face-to-face interaction, of course. But um, if 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 we didn't have these apps, or if I didn't have these apps, like I don't know where I would be right now because I I've also like Danny, I've met like lots of great people as well this year. And you know, uh, I guess I oh, I'm grateful for opportunities because la- I guess last year I didn't get as much, but this year, as as time went by, I got a lot and I took them, and I'm and I feel a lot will be coming my way, and I'm pretty happy for that. And you know, growth is always nice, and uh, I'm I'm thankful for the opportunities na to ha- to help me to grow as a person, and you know, you know, something to you know. To be appreciative of Talaga. So, yeah, thankful for opportunities. And I guess to wrap it all up, um, I'm grateful to have, to have survived this year period. I mean, I guess definitely it's been a crazy year for all of us in many different ways. And, you know, to be able to continue to talk to everyone, um, share our recommendations every week, and talk about all our favorite pop culture Um, and Shemper, the friendship that we built, it's because it's the friendship that we built all along, right? <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I, I stand true to that naman, you know, um, the camaraderie that we have. And Shemper, the people, the relationships um, that make 2021 great despite all the setbacks and all the hard times that we face in the world. So with that, um, yeah, that ends our Popcorn 2021 recap. Um, definitely more popcorn to come in 2022 uh, as we head into our third year imagine third year into having this show and heading to our this is episode number 93 our main third 93rd main show we're headed towards number 100 soon yeah. enough so that's gonna be something or maybe just a regular show who knows <laughs> but 2022 here we go and of course Uh, we're grateful for everyone who continues to listen to Popcorn and uh, watch Popcorn here on Radio Katipunan. And thanks to the Radio Katipunan fam as well for all the support throughout the year. Um, and with that, all our previous episodes you can listen to on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you stream your podcasts. Of course, you can check out all our previous episodes on Radio Katipunan 87.9 FM as well. And we will see you all next year for more popcorn, more pop culture, more chikahan, more lokohan. Um, <laughs> bye. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy uh, holidays. Have a, have a great holiday season ahead. Um, you have so much... Um, to be grateful for, so much to watch, so much to binge, and so much to eat, hopefully, uh, (laughs) for the holidays, and so much to rest and be grateful for in general. So uh, may you all have a great holiday season, and we will see you all for more popcorn in 2022. Bye! Bye, guys! Happy holidays!